Well, if you're familiar with the great Muhammad Ali's career, I'm sure you've heard the name Sonny Liston. And if you were around at that time, Sonny Liston was a really famous guy and a real depressing story. Died a tragic death. Don't know quite what happened until now. There's a great book out called The Murder of Sonny Liston, Las Vegas Heroin and Heavyweights by our guest, uh, Sean Asale. And Sean is a fantastic writer. If you've read him, he's on the ESPN, the magazine. He's been with them since they started. He's also part of that great uh, show, Outside the Lines, which you can see on ESPN as well. And, of course, the show's about Las Vegas, but this couldn't be more Las Vegas. And Sean... Sonny Liston, you know, I'm so glad you wrote about it. This is really a depressing figure in history and a guy that has been uh, really had a question mark around his name uh, going back to the 1960s. Yeah, I mean, you know, for people who love boxing, um, you know, Sonny Liston was an electric fighter. He had the, the, the biggest left jab in the sport. He was just a, a monstrous fighter. And, um, you know, his two fights with Floyd Patterson, both, both won in the first rounds, and his two fights with Muhammad Ali, both lost under suspicious circumstances, made him a lightning rod for boxing. He was also seen as somebody who was a tool of the mob, uh, first in St. Louis and in Philadelphia in the 50s and 60s. Um, you know, St. Louis was such a lightning rod that um, when he first fought Patterson, JFK, John F. Kennedy, suggested that Patterson find somebody of, quote-unquote, higher moral character. <laughs> so it's, it's Sonny at his height, was a, a worldwide icon. But when we meet him in the book in 1970, which we know he doesn't, is the last year of his life, um, we see a much different Sonny, one who's been hounded out of boxing, is, is now fighting for, for chump change, uh, and is dealing drugs, quite frankly, out of the International Hotel, working for a, a local gang, and, um, you know, in his spare time, trying to break into action movies and, and dating a junky cocktail waitress on the side. So we meet Sonny. Uh, at the same time, we meet Las Vegas in 1970, and those two stories very much in the book work in parallel, Steve. Getting to Liston's whole career, when he lost to Ali and so forth, it was sort of the same thing as when George Foreman lost to Ali. Obviously, though, they went in totally different directions. <laughs> George Foreman ended up getting the title back and is kind of a national hero now, where this poor guy's career just sank as far as it could. And, and, and yet, before he fought that fight, weren't they afraid that he could kill somebody in the ring he was so good? Oh, I mean, there was. Look, I mean, there, in his Golden Glove days, um, one of his one of his coaches said he could floor a water buffalo. I mean, Sonny was a, Sonny was menacing in in no small part um, because of his left jab, but also because he had eyes with dead reckoning in them. As, as I write in the book, he was a menacing slab of manhood, immutable, impossible, impervious. So you know, Sonny Liston was the most feared and this is this is no joke he was the most feared african american in america in his time um, to say he was like foreman though misses i think one forgive me one central fact george foreman was never seen as a tool of organized crime there were never hearings where george foreman was sworn in and made to say under oath that he had renounced his mafia backers that was all stuff that had made sunny both a, 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 a incredible figure in the ring, but also in, in, you know, the headlines. No, I agree with you. I, all I meant was that Foreman was kind of a sullen guy at the time, and they thought he was, you know, kind of a miserable guy. And again, it, it's tough to go ahead and fight Ali. There's all that whole PR thing. But there's so much more to list in here, like you say, with these mob connections. But let's also talk about Las Vegas, which I think, yeah. you know, you're, you're signing the book at the Mob Museum. It's a whole other world now. The 1970s, it isn't quite the same place that it is today. 
Well, what really fascinated me, and I'll, and I'll tell you how I reported that book. Somebody might say, well, look, you're a, a native New Yorker. You work for ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. What business do you have writing about Las Vegas in 1970? Well, I'll tell you, Steve, libraries are still great places. And the, UN, uh, the UNLV Library sent the Las Vegas Sun from 1970, as well as the Review Journal, to New York, to the New York Public Library for me. My wife went there every day for for six weeks, copied every single word out of every single newspaper that was relevant to what we were doing. At night, she'd come home, we'd talk as if we were living in Las Vegas in 1970. We knew the politicians, we knew the, the crooks, we knew the names of the cops. We really felt like we were living in that time, and what that allows me to do is recreate Las Vegas in that era when Howard Hughes was running his empire from the penthouse of the Desert Inn, and Elvis was playing you know, the, the showroom at the International. Obviously, at that point, too, the mob still had their fingers in things. You know, it's not like today where it's all big corporations and so forth. And, and that's what just makes the story so fascinating. One of the reviews that went with this book have been great. And one of them that I really like was they compared it to like The Wire and Chinatown. And it reads like that. And that's what's fascinating about it. So let's bring people back to the 70s. So we talk Las Vegas, a different place. Liston's involved there, right? I mean, this is where he kind of ended up in his career. How did he get on the strip and so forth, and what was he doing? You know, what's, what's, what's really magical, I think, about, about what we found was that lot, there was a Las Vegas, and I write about this extensively, um, it was two worlds, right? It was the luminous world of the Strip, but I spend a lot of time in the book talking about the west side of Las Vegas, which, you know, in its day was, was this, this wonderful world created out of the, the tragic fact that African Americans weren't allowed on the Strip, um, there was, as I quote, one of the first African-American police officers saying there was an uh, epithet that cops would write whenever they arrested an African-American, and it was called NOS, which stood for, you know, epithet on the strip. And Sonny bridged the white and black worlds of Las Vegas like nobody I'd come across. He lived in Paradise Palms, which, as you, you know, everybody well knows, is that neighborhood initially created for casino executives and, and their stars. Um, winding streets, the illusion of suburbia in the 24-hour city. But at night, Sonny would go to the West Side, which, when we meet him and we meet the city in 1970, is a, is a devastated place. There are race riots, um, and, and we see Sonny very much bridging those two worlds. He's able to be at the International, and people are asking him for autographs, and he's very much a star in the manner of, of um, Joe Lewis. But at night, we see a different Sonny, and it's a Sonny that harkens back to his, his early criminal days in St. Louis. It's just a fascinating job. Because people only remember back uh, the post-Ali days and stuff, they think of Liston just basically as a thug. Well, he certainly was involved in that world, but he was much more than that. Like you say, he was actually popular on the strip with some of the big players. Uh, He had celebrity and so forth, so he kind of played both sides of the strip. And I think what's incredible in this is this story, if it isn't interesting enough, you've got President Nixon involved in the FBI and so forth. What was all that about? I just, every time this story took another turn on me, I just got so excited because I realized, you know, Sonny Liston is holding this book together. He's the central character. But there's so many things that are circling around him. Yes, Richard Nixon, his presidency in in tatters, Vietnam protests breaking out all over the country. What does he do to, to, to create a win for himself somewhere, creates this war on drugs? 
He's now going to become America's law and order president. He's fighting the drug scourge. He's authorizing undercover investigations left and right. And who gets caught up in one of those undercover drug investigations? You get it. Sonny Liston. It's incredible how many places Sonny runs through this story. You get to, you get to see in Hollywood the making of some of the, uh, the biggest black exploitation movies. Why? Yes, again, Sonny Liston is now in Hollywood trying to break into the acting world. Um, you know, you, you, you read about all the, the politics of the day, the Las Vegas politics of the day. One of the big stories is, uh, I think, the, a long-forgotten sheriff's race between Ralph Lamb and, and um, a, a, a local lieutenant named John Sleeper, yet crazy that looms large in my story. Uh, you see band leaders, you see um, you know, street figures, you see big-time casino executives. They're all, I try to draw them all vividly for you. Yeah, and it reads like a wild novel, but in reality, it, it really happened. You know? and people I promise have to you, realize Steve, I have, I, every word of it is true. Every word of it is true. And where, where, I, where I quote people's recollections, you'll, you'll see in the book, I don't want to give too much of it away, but you'll see a quite, uh, a quite vivid scene of Sonny doing drugs. It's writ exactly from the interview notes of the person who did it with Sonny. So for those who think, oh, this, this seems all made up, I promise you not a word of it is. It's interesting what you talk about with Muhammad Ali. Now, of course, in that time, Ali had his own struggles with the change of the name from Cassius Clay. And then, of course, the problem with the draft board and all that. Everybody knows about that. But there's some thought the Liston may have been silenced because uh, – he was uh, complaining a little too loudly when Ali was going back for the big matchup with Joe Frazier, which was his return to the scene. Yeah, I mean, what, what I tried to do in this book, and it's the, what you do, even though every word of this book is, is true and, and noted, um, uh, you know, in all good fiction, the, the reader is always one step ahead of the main character, right? So the reader knows what the character doesn't. It's a, it's a technique to, keep, keep, to build the tension. Um, in this case... You see Sonny getting into all these different piles of trouble, right? You know, he's, he doesn't realize it, but he's under investigation and the undercover drug sting by the feds. He doesn't realize it, um, but there's, and I don't want to give away too much, but right. at some point, yes, there's a contract put out on his life. Um, you don't want to, he doesn't realize it, but there's all these pockets of trouble that he's in. Well, one of those pockets of trouble is that um, Ali is about to fight Joe Frazier for the biggest person boxing history at Madison Square Garden. And yet, here comes Sonny making noise that he was owed money from, uh, from losing to Ali five years earlier. And as I, as I write in the book, and, and this is speculative, but I do make, I think, a convincing argument. Um, at that point in, in, in um, Ali's career and for, Frazier's career in, in boxing, there were a lot of people who didn't want Sonny to make that noise and were, were quite happy when he turned up dead. That's probably the one thing when you look at Ali's career – that's always the one part that was sort of an annoyance because it was always that question whether Sonny took a dive or not. And to this day, I don't think it's ever really been uh, proved one way or the other. No, it hasn't been proved one way or the other. Um, you know, there are people who have treated that, that fight like the Zabruder film, looked at every frame of it. Right. Um, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that 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 fight was legit. Um, the way Sonny's the way Sonny went down, he did try to get up. There was all sorts of confusion about whether the ref let the fight go, should have let the fight go on or not. Um, but there was just the weight of uh, the weight of um, potential conspiracies lands, I think, to a fix. 
Uh, Sean, finally, I think the important part of this, and bottom line is, though, too, it's really new information, right? I mean, this is the first from what I've seen. Nobody's talked about it. There's been speculation. You've actually talked to people that nobody had talked to before, and it's some of the great work, like what you see on the show Outside the Lines. Uh, it had to be exciting for you to kind of, I-, I think you put this case to rest pretty much. You know, and I, I really thank you for saying that because there have been some great books done on Sonny. I think um, people who are boxing fans may have read Nick Tosh's The Devil and Sonny Liston. Um, you know, David Remnick has wrote the wonderful Ali book, King of, King of the World. There, there have been just great things done on this topic. And yet, Steve, you know, I found myself in Las Vegas meeting people that I, nobody had ever spoken to. And at every turn, I'm like, holy cow. I'm finding out stuff that nobody knows. Holy cow. And the number of holy cows got to a point where I became then convinced I really was on to something. Um, I, I, do th- I, I have no problem saying that there's plenty in this book that nobody has ever seen before, um, including some sweet moments with Sonny that will make you feel differently about him. So, yeah, there's, this, was a, this was a lot of years of work, and I'm really, really proud of how much is new in this book. In our society, people get demonized and stuff. They make this guy sound awful. Well, it's not that it's not that he was, didn't have that in him. He certainly did. But you bring him around another side where he, he comes across as a real man as opposed to just this ridiculous figure. Was that one of the things you wanted to do, too, was try to humanize him a little bit? You know, I didn't set out with a single goal like that, but it's like any, any of the work that I do. You let the facts take you where they take you. And the, the, weight, the weight of my reporting pointed towards this picture of this man. And I wasn't trying to necessarily humanize him, but I was trying to, you know, get, get to some greater essence, right? To, to right. try to get beyond these caricatures, to try to understand why somebody would do the things that they did. And by the end of this book, I think you'll find that Sonny Liston was a, um, I won't say a sympathetic character, but an understandable one. I think that you'll understand when you see him doing things, why he's doing those things. You may not like it, by the way. Um, you know, but in some respects, Sonny Liston emerges as an anti-hero. But still, he's a, a remarkable figure that I think ties together a remarkable story. The... Uh reviews have been great and I go back to that one review again when they compare it to The Wire I think The Wire is one of the great shows of all time on there and it is a lot like that where it's this reality going in front of you and and while you're watching it you feel it's real and and of course it is it's a wonderful book it's The Murder of Sonny Liston Las Vegas Heroin and Heavyweights Sean uh, we can get that everywhere I assume right it's just just released oh absolutely it's on uh, it's on Amazon Barnes and Noble we'll have it at the Mob Museum on Tuesday help me with the date Steve it's October 25th right yep you got it (laughs) and we'll have it there and um, you know if you're in interested in my work, you can also get it at my website, seanassale.com, which has my other books on it. Yeah, absolutely. It is well worth a visit to your website. I'm glad you brought that up. And we'll keep watching you on ESPN and reading you on ESPN the magazine. Thanks so much, Sean. Really appreciated it. Steve, I look forward to seeing you.